stink or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. The ingredients convinced me that it was definitely worth trying. After about a week, he started smelling normal. My husband and I were really kind of astonished. Dynavite is nutrition. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Bees fans, the Dodger Resorts and My Holiday Pass have teamed up to get fans up to $250 in travel credit to a Vedanta Resorts location. Vedanta Resorts is a proud partner of the Salt Lake Bees and Mexico's finest luxury resort destination. Do not miss your opportunity to cash in on a $250 travel credit. Just visit gobees.myholidaypass.com now to claim your credit. Again, that's gobees.myholidaypass.com. We'll see you at the ballpark. You're a pro. You've got a bathroom remodel and clients counting on you to pull it all together. Lots of good reasons to count on The Home Depot. Find complete coordinated bath product collections, the latest trends and designs from top brands like Delta. It's easy to pull together an amazing look when you know where to look. The latest collections from Delta, in-store or online. Now at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. Come out to the Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah this week. The Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah is one of the top professional cycling events in North America, attracting worldwide attention. The race will make stops in Logan at Powder Mountain Resort, North Salt Lake, downtown Salt Lake City, at Park City Mountain Resort, and downtown Park City. Oh, and did we mention that it's free to the public? Yes, free. Atlas Disposal is a proud sponsor of the Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah. For more information on Atlas Disposal's waste management and recycling services, visit atlasdisposal.com. Find a Chevy truck, car, or SUV built for your lifestyle. Listen every Monday morning to DJ and PK and every Monday afternoon to The Big Show for your Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Win great prizes from your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. From the Carrier HVAC studio, this is KCNS FM Colville, KCNS AM Salt Lake City, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Let's go live. We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. California. Hour number two of the Saturday show here on The Zone Sports Network. Jay Catch, Alex behind the glass, and I am Adrian Weiser here on a beautiful mid-August day here in Salt Lake City. Correct. Good to be here. Yeah, it is good to be here. Uh, we want to let you hear from Steve Starks now, who joined the big show. He is now uh, changing his position. He has been promoted within the company and moving away from president of the Utah Jazz into other duties, and he was kind enough to stop by the big show earlier this week. And talk about all the changes that have come along uh, this year. This it's been a busy summer, Jake, with uh, pieces moving around. Correct. In uh, in, in jazz land, as Justin Zanuck moved into the general manager, Dennis Lindsay moved up, and uh, 
But everyone still is going to have a say in the process. That's how they believe things should be done. And frankly, it works around here. So it's been uh, working really well. And uh, so here's Steve Starks, who was on with the big show earlier in the week. Joining us now, the new CEO of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies, Steve Starks, back on the big show. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for a few minutes. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Nice to be on the show again. Yeah, absolutely. We're doing great. And uh, congratulations, first and foremost, on the, the promotion. That's got to feel pretty good. Well, thank you. It was a long process, but this is an organization I've been with for over 12 years and and obviously have a lot of love for um, it, it's meant a lot to our family, and, and uh, I love the Miller family and what the organization stands for, and so uh, glad to be able to serve in any capacity, and I guess now in this one. Yeah, I had to pull a lot of strings to get this do- job done for you. PK, and it's, it's really appreciated. I felt that. <laughs> hey, t- I, we had Gail Miller on the air last Friday, uh, or excuse me, last Thursday, and she was absolutely terrific, but she talked about uh, your success in a number of different roles within the company as, uh, as being such a plus for you. Tell us about your most recent role, being president of uh, Sports and Entertainment, and how that prepared you now for this role. Well, I love my time with the jazz and sports and entertainment. Fortunately, I'll stay connected to, you know, all of those companies within sports and entertainment, and especially on the jazz side with Dennis and Quinn and Justin and and what we've been building there. Um, It was a good experience for me because I spent the first seven and a half years with the organization really at the corporate office. And so I was doing mergers and acquisitions and business development. I oversaw some of the other businesses and, and that gave me a a broad perspective into a lot of the organization, but it wasn't until four and a half years ago that I went to sports and entertainment in that capacity that, you know, I, I got to know those businesses day in and day out and really loved my experience and the time there. We have incredible teams uh, that operate in those businesses, and and we're all proud of the culture. We're proud of the way that you know the Jazz as a team has developed over the years. But just the culture, the way that they impact the community, the way that um, our what our theaters mean to this community, what the baseball stadium and the bees, and what the arena means and the renovation, all those things are something that we're all grateful for. And um, I was I was very thankful to have been part of it and. And uh, and we'll keep that continuity going because there's a lot of great things happening. So you talk about how you've been developing this continuity with the three pl- uh, management team that you just mentioned with the GM and the new GM and, the, and, and Coach Schneider. And you're going to continue. I talked to, to you about this uh, off to the side last week when we were down there at Jordan Commons when they made the announcement. And I want to know from you the continuity that's available with this franchise, how much is that a selling point when you're looking to acquire players and how much, how important is that to the player and his representatives, that continuity? I think it's very important in that it brings stability. But continuity is only important if it's successful. If, if the trend is going the wrong direction, then continuity isn't a good thing. In this instance, the trend is very positive, and we're all excited about what we're building. And so continuity to keep that momentum is really important. And so as it relates to how that impacts players, they want to see stability. They want to see that this is an organization that's trustworthy, that over time they do the right things 
consistently and they invest in the organization. They invest in player development and coaching staff and retaining coaching staff and front office and facilities. And those are all things that we can hang our hat on that we've done very successfully over the past few years and long term. And so in that respect, it's really important because agents want you know, their clients to go to places where they can be successful and where their careers can be successful. And so success breeds success in that regard. And, and we're starting to see that. And, um, it, you know, we've called it a virtuous cycle. It's called different things. But we have a reputation now that, look, if you go play for that team, you're going to get better. And so more and more guys are wanting to come here. And that's a credit to Coach Snyder, his coaching staff, the front office, the Miller family. And, and um, it's on us to keep that going to reach our ultimate goal. Steve Starks with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, this offseason has been so active. Let us be a, a fly on the wall for a minute. What has it been like from your perspective? Well, it started for us really after the season, and we were proud to promote Justin Zanuck to general manager. Uh, he's one of the brightest young executives in the NBA, and and we knew that he was going to continue to be an attractive target for other teams around the league. And so that was our first big free agent in some ways was, was making the changes that we made and, and Dennis being promoted to executive vice president of basketball operations that gave us, uh, that gave us continuity. It allowed us to retain a really important piece in Justin. It allows Dennis to be more strategic in his role uh, overseeing basketball operations. And so with that in place, uh, we were able to be really aggressive. We were able to uh, target what the team needed to take the next step. And as always, it's a collaborative process. There's a hundred different variables. And uh, but when free agency started, it was nice that we had Mike Conley in the fold because of the trade. And uh, and that sends a message. And and other players around the league think so highly of Mike not only because he's an incredible point guard, but because of who he is as a teammate in person, combined with Donovan, combined with Rudy, combined with Joe Ingles, the great team that we have, coaching staff, that when free agency began, we were able to be very aggressive, and we had players that were equally interested in us, and so things went pretty quickly. And uh, and then we were able to add some really great vets on the back end that will will make us deeper and, and – uh, and, and help round out hopefully what will be a, a very competitive team that will have a shot this year. So you, Steve, talking about how you were Jazz president and you'll still maintain some form of influence and you have an interim president with the idea of hiring a permanent one. How will that work for the new person with you still having your influence upon the Jazz? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the thing I, I want to emphasize first and foremost is that really the CEO of the organization should always have strong touch points with the Jazz. And I've been an alternate governor with the NBA Board of Governors for the past four and a half years. There's relationships that have been developed. Um, I, I serve on a committee that's a really strategic committee for the NBA looking at a variety of topics. And so we didn't want to lose that investment, those relationships, that equity that's been built uh, with Greg Miller as the governor, with me as an alternate governor. And so the continuity there and, and not having to start all over again was really important to us. With the next president, they're primarily going to focus on the business operations um, of the Jazz and and then help oversee the other businesses within Larry Miller Sports and Entertainment, which is Vivint Smart Home Arena, 
Megaplex Theaters, the Salt Lake Bees, 1280 The Zone. And so um, that person is going to be focused primarily on, on business, will obviously be a big partner to what takes place in basketball. And, uh, and then my involvement will help streamline communication so that when things do come up, we can get directly to, to the Miller family as, as quickly as we need to and, uh, and very efficiently. What advice would you give to the next uh, guy or gal that steps in into that position? They have a great team. There's a great culture in place. Uh, people are playing their positions very well. There's a lot of momentum. We have incredible fans uh, throughout the community, throughout the state, and really on a global basis increasingly. And so the advice that we'll give that person is it's to go in there to learn. They're going to see things, and we want them to see things that perhaps we didn't see and be able to make positive improvements. But really, you're plugging into a pretty good system right now. And so keep that going. Make improvement on the margins but um, but be careful not to go in there and, and change too much because things are things are pretty good right now. We like I said, we're going to be sold out of season tickets for you know over two years in a row, and we have tremendous support as it relates to television ratings. We had the third highest television ratings in the NBA last year, and so there's a lot of metrics that show the fan support for this team, and we just want to keep that going and continue to get better and better. So you probably had a list of off-season objectives from the team perspective. Is it fair to say that all those objectives were met? Yeah, I think it is fair to say that. Uh, with the players that were added, with the quality of, of people that they are, um, I think that we all feel really good about what's taking place. And, and now with the schedule coming out today, the off-season behind us, now everybody's really starting to lock in on building up to be ready for training camp, preseason, and then uh, that regular season home opener on October 23rd, everybody's excited about. So we feel really good about where we are, what was accomplished, and now the team has to gel. We have to come together. And, and like Mike Conley said at his introductory press conference, we, that group has to learn together how to become a championship team. PK, yeah, PK and I were just talking about this a little bit, but the, the Jazz, uh, 16 nationally televised games on either ESPN or TNT, and a lot of those games, they're moving the start times up from 8.30 to either 8 or 7.30 to get more eyeballs on the West Coast game. What are your thoughts on that? It's really important to me because the last stat I heard was that like 60% of television households in the country are in the Eastern time zone. Yeah. And so with the, the sport being as popular as it is, and you're starting so late with these games in the Western Conference, just moving them up a little bit is going to allow you know, people in that time zone to be able to tune in and watch the games. And so it makes all the sense in the world. And, and the reality is that the Western Conference is, is stacked. It's loaded from top to bottom. And, and so putting the best product on the court at the time when the most number of fans can see it is a priority for the NBA and then so it makes sense. Steve, real quick, before we let you go, the tour of Utah started today. We wanted to ask you about that and uh, what a great event it's turned into and the, 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 I guess, your thoughts on its growth over the years. It's a great event. I was up there today at Snowbird, and uh, the fans that come out, the world-class cycling teams, if you haven't experienced what it's like to watch these teams and the effort and that level of athleticism it's really incredible and we we have great sponsors host communities tomorrow they'll start in north logan this year we're primarily going to stay in northern utah 
And uh, we always say that it's a rolling postcard of Utah, and it's broadcast all over the world, online. It's distributed through television, and um, it shows off the state of Utah. It brings together some of the best athletes in the world, and it's something that the organization's proud to sponsor. And um, and so we invite everybody to come out, and if we're in one of your communities, come out and enjoy the day. Bring your family, and I think you'll have a really good time. Steve, again, congratulations on the new gig, and we can't thank you enough for giving us a few minutes. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you, guys. There you go. Adrian's currently sunning himself. Legitimately, pulling back the curtain a little bit here, Adrian legitimately was sunning himself against the window here in studio. It's it's plenty cold in here. I'll give him that. I was like a lizard, at, you know, yeah, at the sunning zoo yourself. against the window. Yeah, you're sunning yourself. Much, That's what I said, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. Getting, warming up your bones a little bit, and yeah, good times. But interesting stuff there from uh, – from, uh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Steve Starks. Steve Starks. Duh. You got me all thrown off now. But Steve Starks. Interesting to see him ascending to the top dog status here mm-hmm. in the company, CEO of all of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies, but keeping his role with the Utah Jazz as the alternate board of governors member mm-hmm. in the NBA, I think that allows for some continuity that probably was needed in regards to that. Because you don't want to be switching out that Larry H. Miller Sports Entertainment CEO and having a new president of the Utah Jazz all the time. Yeah, and there, uh, Don Sterling will be sitting in in that role, obviously. On an interim and, basis, uh, yeah. On an interim basis, a guy we know around here really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a great guy. So uh, the continuity, I think you're right, is the most important thing. Yeah. So is that pretty much through this, all this changing yeah. in the upper management of the jazz, there has still been within jazz family continuity. Yeah. yeah that's, so. that's been the, I think it was one of the key cogs in what makes the Miller family and just the stability of the Utah Jazz yeah. go is just that there are people who are competent individuals, do a great job with this team, and they're left in those positions for a lengthy time well and frankly steve did a fantastic job as pres- president of the utah jazz so he's deserved a promotion so you know if you do a good job and people promote you you take it yeah and absolutely so uh, a lot of changes in jazz world but it seems like everything's gonna be sticking yeah something things are changing but also other things aren't and that's mm-hmm. the good news and i think that the jazz this upcoming season is gonna be an exciting year there's a lot of hype for this jazz team I'm excited for it to go, get going. Normally, Adrian, you know me. I'm a college football junkie, and there, there usually is no chance I want to push college football season to the side. But there is a part of me that wants the wants October to get here. Well, this 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 fall heading mm-hmm. into winter around here is going to be spectacular. Yes, especially if Utah lives up to hype. Uh, Utah State has another great year with Jordan Love returning, mm-hmm. and will he or will he not go pro? And if you uh, you can turn i guess turn things around in a way is that best way to say sure. i don't know yeah. get off to a really strong start and have themselves poised i'm not saying win all those games but maybe they win a couple of them in the top in the first four and all of a sudden we've got a really exciting football season and then the jazz get going as they're one of the top teams odds wise to go to the nba finals yeah so i'm excited it's gonna be a lot of fun all right let's take a time out here adrian we're gonna do something interesting here coming up next Talk, yes, we are. We, uh, we high school football. We're going to talk a little high school football as Friday Night Lights and Thursday Night Lights got going this week. Yes, opening um, weekend. Opening weekend for college football. Football, it's crazy. High school football. High school, or high school football. <laughs> uh, I was at practice yesterday over at Brighton. Okay. And uh, all the football guys, of course, were milling around getting ready to go. I think they played Fremont. They I got don't, a big win. Brighton won? 31 to 28. All actually, right. Actually, that's one game I wanted to highlight. Let's we'll talk, talk about, about it, it as I am now a Bengal, part of the Bengal family. Go Bengals. Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit on the other side here on the Saturday show. Welcome back. Jake Hat, Changer Advisor, Alex here on the Zone Sports Network. We're going to deviate a little from our normal programming because it is the start of high school football season as well as high school. Lots of other high school athletics. Sports, yeah. High period. school sports. Yeah. Um, Soccer, volleyball. When does volleyball start for you? I know you're. Uh, right. We had tryouts last Monday, so we're, we're, okay. we're already three practices in. Oh, look at you go. And uh, watch out for the Bengals. We're going to be good. Sweet. Heads up. Um, But the reason we're talking this is, Jake, you are working on a high school football podcast that you started, I believe, last year. Yep. And uh, the Utah Preps Zone. You can catch that at 1280thezone.com. And uh, to kind of talk about some college, or I keep saying college, high school football here in the state, Jake, Mm -hmm. you have a special guest for us. Yeah, a guy that people that listen to the Saturday show pretty regularly are probably familiar with at this point. He is a guy that works on a lot of these podcasts with me. He is the one, the only, the Sean Walker from KSL.com. Sean, how are you, sir? Jake, Adrian, it is a pleasure to be with you guys, um, and on at the same time, thus absolutely killing Killing, I gotta say, AP, you are killing my rumor that I'm trying to start that you and Jake are secretly the same person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we 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 try to dispel rumors around myths around here. Uh, Sean, of course, you do a lot of things. You're the jack of all trades for KSL.com and that sports department over there. You do a great job, but you and I share a common interest and a common love for high school football here locally along the Wasatch Front. Opening night in earnest last night, of course, there was the one game between Corner Canyon and Orem on Thursday night. Give me some of your overall takeaways from opening night in high school football here locally. I mean, kind of of like Adrian's excited for the start of the high school volleyball season, this is one of my favorite weekends of the year, guys. I love, uh, I secretly just love high school football, maybe not so secretly anymore. Um, And I think we're seeing a lot of things kind of start to, to play out um, like a lot of the spots in some ways. I mean, there are some teams that are looking maybe feistier than normal, but for the most part, the favorites are winning. The top teams continue to just reload and re regun. Um, and of course, I'm talking about teams like Bingham and, and uh, Olympus out of the 5A ranks, uh, Pleasant Grove, American Fork. I can name so many teams right now. East. Um, uh, Harriman doing Harriman things with a 14-10 win over Davis. I mean, we, yeah, I, I could name so many teams right now, but uh, I, I think I, I also want to point really quickly, just give a special shout out to the new teams in town opening up in pretty big ways. Obviously, there's Mountain Ridge, uh, which opened with a shout out loss to Olympus, but I want to give a special shout out, if I could, guys, to uh, the Cedar Valley Aviators. Jake Hatch's own neighborhood team. Last I heard. I mean, I think there are some younger younger hatches that are going to find a way to transfer there in a couple of years, according to my sources. Try maybe more is. than a decade, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, what what's a decade if not a couple of years, right? I, I, time is a flat circle, Jake. Okay. But uh, Cedar Valley <laughs> opening up on the road almost came so close to knocking off Maple Mountain before the Golden Eagles pulled away 51 to 35 in that one. Um, and I really like that this new team, so I'm going to give them a special shout-out. But I don't know if I answered any of your questions there, but 
that, that's kind of some of the stuff that I took away from this weekend. Sean with Mountain Ridge, the new school. It's in the Jordan uh, School District in Harriman. Um, right? Am I in the right spot? Sean was so, there. So they so they got blown out, obviously, by the Olympus Titans. But where are they drawing from? How how are they are they going to be good going forward? Is it just a young school? What's happening with that? And why were they or is Olympus just that good coming into this season? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, this Mountain Ridge team is exceptionally young. They've only got a handful of seniors on their entire roster, uh, really in their entire student body, because this is a school that, that, like you mentioned, they just opened up this year, and they're drawing almost exclusively from Harriman. I mean, Harriman High School was just bursting at the seams, um, had so many students that they really – they, they almost split the two in school. I think there's a little bit of river tin boundaries that were also uh, rearranged to, to, to go to Mountain Ridge. But for the most part, it's Harriman. And so when you look at that athletic department, I, I mean, the HHS athletic department has been just such a well-oiled machine over the last couple of years that if you're now giving primarily upperclassmen the option, and with new schools, they have the option, of either staying where they're at and finishing their high school diploma and staying with their friends and that sort of thing, or going to this new school and trying to start a new tradition and a new upbringing and, and, and just sort of be the first at this school. Um, I think you're seeing a lot of kids stay at Harriman in lieu of Mountain Ridge. So you're getting the younger, the younger kids, and they've got the right attitude. They're working hard. They're doing the best they can. I think they're going to get better throughout this year but there could be a lot of growing pains involved with this school. Um, and that maybe isn't something that we're, we're as used to happening right now with new schools on the Wasatch front. I mean, going back to Corner Canyon, which jumped in and was a state semifinalist, and I think it's second year. And uh, everybody knows what Sky Ridge did the past two years, making back-to-back state championship games, and now they're moving up to 6A. So new schools haven't always struggled. It's it's kind of an interesting dichotomy where where, you know, do, do kids want to go to the new, the, the fancy, shiny new toy, or do they want to stay where they've made their friends, where they've built something, where they've created this tradition and this culture? Um, and I think you're seeing a lot of Mountain Ridge slash Harriman students kind of on the, the latter side of that line, if you will. Sean, sticking with that game down there at Mountain Ridge, it was a 56 nothing blowout at the hands of the Olympus Titans. But one guy who stood out in this game is a name that I think high school football fans and even college football fans here locally are going to want to know is the name of Scotty Edwards. Plays for the Titans, scored five touchdowns last night, and you were there for it. Yeah, Scotty uh, Scotty really left his impact on that game early. On the opening drive, he has a 30-yard pick six. Then the next time he touches the ball, it's on a sack. Um, then he has another touchdown run on the Titans' next offensive possession after that. So really the first the first three times he touched the ball, he had a major impact of the game, and this was just the opening like four minutes, I think it was. Um, like you said, it ends up with, with five touchdowns. This is just an all-around athlete. I mean, he does a little bit of everything for Olympus. Uh, he can run, he can catch. He's technically a wide receiver, but he takes balls out of the backfield a lot. Uh, he plays in that defensive backfield, and he's just really good. He's just a ball hawk, really good at going up and getting the ball. Um, and then he also returns kicks and punts, you know, because, you know, if he's got an athlete, why, why would you ever want to take him off of the field? Um, so this is a kid who I think he's a, he's a three-star recruit right now. 
Um, but I know a lot of the local schools are looking at him. BYU and Utah are both looking at him. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he wound up with the Utes, but I don't think there's anything totally confirmed right now. But he can definitely make an impact on a Division One roster somewhere, somehow. Jake, I'll go to you first, and then Sean can follow up. But what region should people be watching out for, regardless of classification? And also, who are some players that people should be paying attention to? That, like Sean was just talking yeah. about the guy from Olympus, Scotty but Edwards, yeah. Scotty Edwards, but there, I'm sure there's a lot of talent in the state individually. Well, uh, Sean, I, I think you might agree with me, but Region 4, once again, this year is going to be the region to watch. Uh, just because oh, yeah. the, the bevy of talent we have, two defending state champions and two defending runners-up in their various classifications in one that, region. That happened in volleyball, too, because yeah. Sky Ridge won the women or the yeah. girls' volleyball and so that's what's happening state, and four. they moved into yes. that region, too, and so, Corner Canyon went over there as yes, well. Yes, so that makes this this region four. It was already tough last year, but this year it's even more so. Sean, you want any other nominees probably in that regard? Yeah, region four is the obvious one. Um, I also think region seven is sneaky good down in the 5A ranks. Um, with, I, you know, Tempu coming out and really going toe-to-toe with the defending 6A champs, Lone Peak, on their home turf last night. Um, I, you know, that's a, that's a really good team. But I, I think Reason 7 overall is going to be really deep um, in the 5A and maybe sneaky good because I know so many of the schools are based down in Utah County, and we Salt Lake people. We don't like to go past that south point of the mountain very often. So. You're speaking to Adrian. Uh, but keep an eye on heart and soul right sure. now. I don't ever go down there. <laughs> Adrian legitimately uh, – he, he, Name a street past Thanksgiving Point, and I won't know what it is. And North true story. And Beck Street, and I won't know what it is. So <laughs> this is a, I'll, I'll one-up you. Name a street past 123rd South, and I probably don't uh, know what yeah, it is. Yeah, you're probably – Sean, right we, I know you're messing with me on that. I know you – but I legitimately – Adrian, I will back him up on this. I've asked about things in Utah Valley before. He's like, I have no idea Wait, where what, that's at. What is this in Utah? He asked me like once – I think he asked me if, if Pleasant Grove was near Orem, and I was like, yeah, it is. Anyways, yeah, I probably did. Ask that. <laughs> Let me ask you guys something okay. real quick. Well, I wanted to get if you wanted to get the second part of your question, the players. To oh keep yeah, an eye get on. the players too. Okay, yeah. so I, a couple I would throw out there, and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong on these. Um, Wyatt Evertson up at Farmington High School. I think he's a legitimate D one quarterback that probably doesn't get the run that he has deserved over the years. Bryson Barnes at Milford. Uh, they're going to be playing in the two A ranks for the defending one A state champions. But Bryson Barnes, for a small school quarterback, he is all of six foot four, I believe, and has the look of a Division one quarterback in his own right. He's won two state titles. And just knocked off South Summit thirty eight to nine last night. Correct, so. correct, and then. One name I want to toss out from last night, Sean, this last name, I think anybody who pays attention to Northern Utah football, particularly in Cache Valley, will know this last name, Jovessa Dumuni. Uh, of course, uh, Wanga Dumuni is the director of football operations at, the, at, at Utah State University. His older brother, Lavani, was going to go to Stanford. Well, Jovessa's younger brother decided to go carry the ball 25 times for 198 yards and only five touchdowns as Ridgeline beat Pineview in a 58-56 to barn burner. Yeah, Jovessa DeMuni is definitely a great call out, uh, and he's going to make some big waves up there in the Cache Valley. Can I add another DeMuni to your list, though, if I can, Jake? Yes. Uh, that's Raider DeMuni, the, the three star, all everything athlete from Tempu. Cousin to of Jovessa. Yeah, he's, he's, the, uh, he's the son of uh, BYU Director of Football Operations, Jack DeMuni, there. Correct. So, uh, so he's another one that I would definitely put on that list. Um, and uh, I've actually got a list of week one dudes. If uh, if you want me to go down it really quick, I'll yeah. just I'll just breeze through these for you. I have an idea of one of them for sure. I forgot to name, but go ahead. 
How about how about a special shout out to Corner Canyon's Matt Fillinger, the uh, six foot seven and a half. It feels like I think he's only six three. Texas commit there on the defensive line. Uh, also, big shout out to Micah Vale, Oren quarterback, Austin Bell from Corner Canyon, Nate Reggie from Lone Peak, uh, Scotty Ench- the aforementioned Scotty Edwards from Olympus, Noah Sewell's right walking boot, which was on prominent display in that Thursday night game, as was Tony Park Tony Park's Thursday night replacement. Um, on that K-Jazz game of the week. I also got a good look at uh, Creighton Cooper, Jackson Gregory, Cole Hogan, Hunter Larson, Jared McMahon, Isaac Zimmerman, Porter Freakin' Hansen from Layton, Chase Holt, and Cooper Crabtree. Uh, they were pretty much one and the same last Friday night. Caleb Campbell, Luke Haslam, because I got to throw somebody in from P-Town, represent uh, Ty Bird, Peyton Murphy, Zachary Antonino, Braden Ross, um, and as always, Jake, I know you love this special shout out defensive coordinator and secondary coach in a cow. And a partridge in a pear tree. Oh, wow. That was. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> uh, before yeah. we wrap things up, I want to ask you guys about the new system they have for most sports now. RPI? Is the RPI system that the UHSAA has introduced. I'll be, I know that uh, we are paying close attention to it in, uh, in the volleyball ranks, mm-hmm. but how do you. If, think this is going to affect the regular season if at all do you feel like it devalues any of the regular season in high school football or is it going to be overall a good thing by the end of this i i think it means that region play has been devalued to a degree now these these regions are now essentially just going to be geographic um scheduling alliances almost is what it's going to be if this if if this rpi is going to be long term yeah but I do like the fact that it should lead to more um, equitable seeding when it comes to the playoffs. We're talking the best teams. If you play in, let's say, Region 4, you said in volleyball they had the same issue they're having with football. Four of the top teams in the state projected this season are in that region. Well, that could be a team that finishes fourth in that region, might legitimately be one of the four best teams in the state. Well, this new RPI system is going to allow it so that team, even though they were fourth in their region, well, guess what? When it comes to the the playoff seeding, they're going to be rewarded for that with a high seed in the playoffs. Sean, am I right, or do you have anything to quibble with that? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I think this new RPI factor is really, really good for those teams uh, that play in those tough regions. You know, I call it the Westlake rule in a lot of ways because good old Westlake High School, shout out to another one of uh, Jake Hatchett's neighborhood schools out there in, in uh, Saratoga Springs, Eagle Mountain. I'm not sure exactly where it's at, but I think it's Saratoga. Um, but uh, Westlake was always one of those teams where you look at them and they've got some players, they've got some athletes, always got a handful of kids that sign with Division One pretty much every year. But they just couldn't ever get anything going, especially in that old Region 4. And, and really, the current Region 4 is still kind of the same way, where you wonder, this, this is kind of the classic like team that's better than their record type, where they're really that good, but they're just playing so many good teams. They just happen to have you know five of the six best teams in the state playing in their same region kind of a thing. Uh, so I think it definitely helps. I think the LPA definitely helps schools like that. And that's where the main focus has been on. Uh, the one qualm I've heard about the RPI is now on the flip side um, with teams that maybe don't necessarily play in the strongest region. And it's really hard to elevate region play beyond, you know, your own program. You know, if, you, if you're a coach at, at say, Roy High School, you, you can't elevate uh, region, region one play beyond what 
what you're actually doing, um, that kind of thing. And so the RPI now, 40% of it is based off of what you do and stuff that you can control, your wins and losses, your uh, all, all that sort of thing. But you're also taking a factor and, and you're, you're taking a factor that you can't control and that's your opponents and how they play and how they schedule and, and that sort of thing. And you're putting that now into something as pivotal as the playoffs, which is what everybody cares about every year. Um, so taking, taking something that, you know, a team can't necessarily control and, and having it play such a vital role in their schedule, that's kind of the main qualm that I've heard about the RPI. Now, maybe this all gets worked out and, and, you know, it just leads to, to better, you know, better region matchups and, and teams going out and scheduling better during non-region play uh, and, and that sort of thing. This thing came to the scene so late that I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of that with this year's schedule. Um, but maybe in, in future years and down the road, you'll see that start to even out a little bit more. But that's, that's kind of the main, I think, the main quibble that I've heard with the new system. All right. Well, yeah, we'll be tracking it. We'll be doing more of this on the Saturday show. I think it's a good day to do it because it is the night after these games all go final. So we'll do it more throughout this season. Week one in the books. Sean, can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. We'll do it again soon, okay? Thanks, Sean. Adrian, next week we'll talk uh, girls volleyball. Sounds good. All right, there you go. Sean, I know what's happening in that world. See ya. Sean Walker, KSL.com. Check out his work over there. Like I said, yeah, he he's a jack of, all cha- jack of all trades over there, does a lot. Covers mainly the BYU beat, but he does high school football, all high school sports, actually. No, he uh, he's like every week he's taking a picture from some other venue from somewhere in he's the, bouncing in the state. He's all over the place. So, so big, yeah. big thanks to Sean. Make sure to check their podcast mm-hmm. on the Zone Sports Network We're gonna uh, website. Uh, Coming up next, five minutes of soccer, big changes in Salt Lake uh, down the road. We'll talk about that as well as what's coming up for the team. That's all coming up here on the Saturday show. Welcome back to Saturday show. Time for five minutes of soccer. Something like that. <laughs> uh, Jake Hatch, who covers Real Salt Lake for the station. And uh, big news coming this week, Jake. Mm-hmm. As uh, we talked last week about Mike Petke, and they've decided to move on from him. Correct. And his services as head coach slash, what is it, manager of the team. Yeah, so head coach of, of Real Salt Lake, Mike Pecky, relieved of his duties. Um, he put out a statement earlier this week saying that uh, essentially saying that he's going to fight this is, I guess, the easiest way to say it. And okay. They're going to be going to litigate it. He is no longer the head coach. Freddie Juarez, who was the top assistant on Mike Pecky's staff, is now going to be the interim coach for the remainder of the season. And let's be let's be honest, uh, he's had a great start to his interim status. The three-game yeah. suspension that Mike Pecky served, he went he had two wins and one draw. Well, he followed that up with another win uh, last well, actually Wednesday night. Sorry, against um, against Seattle Sounders. Tonight, though, big is going to be a massive, massive test. You have the big dogs in the league, LAFC, led by Carlos Vela. Coming into town, and they are the runaway leaders in this league, and I think RSL is going to have their work cut out for them to to pick up a win here. But but if they do, that could vault them into second in the West. They're third in the West right now. They're climbing nicely. RSL, the biggest thing they have going for them, I don't know that a lot of people have realized this, 
is since the Gold Cup break in early June, RSL has given up a total of five goals since that time. And that is a stellar run of form on the defensive side of the ball. Their attacking talent is coming through and scoring goals in bunches. Sam Johnson and Albert Rusnak, your two highest-priced attackers, are leading this team with nine goals apiece on the season currently. They're on a good run here, and they just need to keep it up, plain and simple. I understand that it's... Having your head coach uh, fired midseason will throw kind of a wrench in certain things, but I think this team has responded well, and we'll see how they do against a team like LAFC tonight. It, it, LA, and I, I don't know you don't watch a lot of MLS, Adrian, but LAFC, they are really good. Yeah, anytime you're the, the by far leader in any league, mm-hmm. You are pretty good, and they they have fifty five points in the season. The next closest is the Philadelphia Union, ten points back, on the other in the other conference. So, and next closest in the West is Minnesota. Didn't they start terribly? Minnesota, Minnesota? United has was had a, la- the last two years. They've been yeah. pretty bad. They opened their new stadium. They've invested a lot of money all of a sudden, yeah. and they're playing well. So I I'm actually encouraged by what RSL has shown this season. A lot of the things that Mike Pecky put in place in the preseason, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, have been what's keyed them to this run that they've had recently. And there's the, you need to give credit to him in that regard for that. He crossed the line. There's no doubt about that with what happened during the League's Cup on Pioneer Day. He crossed the line and he paid the price. He has lost his job. And I honestly think that he might be hard-pressed to find another job in MMLS in the near-term future. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it couldn't ever happen if a club wanted to be their head coach. But he crossed the line. He paid the price. RSL now has to kind of pick up the pieces and roll along here. The good news is Freddie Juarez is a guy who has been with this club literally from the ground up. He is coached at the academy level. He coached with the Real Monarchs, their minor league affiliate, which is based down there in Harriman. He's now on the first team. He's now the head coach for the interim. This is a guy that I don't expect will allow RSL to falter. So uh, catch that game tonight. Rail Salt Lake takes on LAF. David James and Brian Dunseth on the call, 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Should be a fun game because these are two of the hottest teams in the league currently. Uh, coming up on the other side, I want to let you hear from Frank Dolce, who was on with Tony and Austin, not only for his youth perspective, but he also got into Zach Wilson a little bit as Frank was a quarterback. So mm-hmm. uh, I found it very interesting what he had to say there as well. Uh, talk a lot about the rivalry and all that as it is less than two weeks away, two weeks ago, two weeks last Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's almost here, football season. Then uh, Kyle Whittingham spoke with the media today. We'll let you hear from that as we are ha- we have that sound with us now. And uh, Utah pivoting into game, game prep, prep yeah. as uh, they take on BYU, obviously, in the first week of the season. That's all coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, so stay tuned here on the Saturday Show.